0: Love, talk, radio.
1: and i picked up these pairs of socks from this place called happy socks i think they should really be a sponsor of our show because they have great socks and they're from sweden oh hello Town, home of the game one of the NLDS next friday afternoon probably this is Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. I am Patrick Reddington. I have Dave Nichols and Doug House from Federal Baseball on the line after the National Yo. 2-1 win over the Miami Marlins, 94-67 on the year after the win. But the big news, Dave, the San Francisco Giants did us a solid, beat the L.A. Dodgers while the Nats were finishing up the seventh inning. That means the Nationals and Dodgers will open up the NLDS next Friday at a time to be determined. Game one of the NLDS in D.C. The first two games will be in Washington. That more importantly, means only one flight to L.A., or, well, flight there and back, but not two trips to L.A., which is important, I think, in a five game series because that would be a hell of a lot of traveling. So big news for the Nationals. We'll find out when they're going to open it up next Friday, but we know where it'll be now and uh, we've been talking for a week now about how big that is to have those first two games in DC if you're going to try to beat the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw.
2: Yeah, it's huge. Um you know, it's uh um you know the the aesthetics of it is, is nice. You know, you get to open up at home. You've got the second best record in the in the league. Um, the, you mentioned the geography of it is particularly important. But the game time is going to be critical here because if, if, it's a, if it's a noon 1 o'clock game or whatever, then you're playing under the sunshine and everything's happy and copacetic. If it's a 7 o'clock Eastern game, it's dark. You're playing under the lights so everybody's happy. If it's a 4 o'clock Eastern start time, then with, with Kershaw and, and, and Scherzer on the mound, you we could see dueling no-hitters with the shadows and dusk and, and, and the poor lighting and everything. Um, so it's really going to be fascinating as to what time this game is going to start. Um, you know, the, just the 4 o'clock afternoon East Coast games are miserable, and, and at Nance Park it's particularly miserable. Um, it, it, it's just it, it's going to be fascinating to see. But, yes, it, it's great that the Nats uh, get to host the first two games, Lou Wachurter and Roark on the mound. Um, it's great that, that you know, that they don't have to make one trip out to LA. Um, all of that stuff is great. Um, it's just great that um you know, that that, that you know, baseball returns base playoff baseball returns back to Nats Park. I mean, um this idea that they that they, get, they make the playoffs every other year. Um hopefully this is just the start of a long um stretch where they dominate this division and, and continue to go to the playoffs every year and it can become commonplace. But but I hope it hasn't reached that yet. I hope Nats fans still realize how special it is to make the playoffs and, and, and they treat that as such. Yeah, I just pulled it
1: up. I was thinking there were going to be two games. So it was going to be either 4 or 8 o'clock. But now that I'm looking there, they do have four games scheduled. So we could end up with the early afternoon, which would be ideal. But. I can't imagine trying to hit Clayton Kershaw when you are he's pitching out of the shadows or into the shadows, however you want to describe that. Uh, the Shadows across the field would just be torture for any hitters going up against either of those starters. So, Do yeah, you have your tickets for the NDS? Uh, I don't think I asked
0: you so far if you got them and are going to be there for the game. Yeah, I, I, I put down my deposits, but the stupid so still haven't sent them to me yet. This time last year they'd <laughs> already come. I, I'm going to have to go harangue the UPS guy or something. <laughs> Although I don't know, waiting for the postseason starts. It's, I'm all blasé about it now. Tell me when, when what do he's you what. L C S and then I'll start paying attention.
1: Do you think it's a nice for the uh, Nationals that uh, are a little beat up at this point to have a layoff? We saw Jason Worth out of the lineup today with back tightness. Daniel oh, Murphy up. swinging the bat beforehand took some P right. so. Uh, Bryce Harper will have some time to get in the cage and work, but this four days off hasn't always helped out teams. Uh, the four-day layoff between the end of the season tomorrow and then
0: Friday's game. Well, the, the days off certainly don't seem to have done Harper any good. I mean, he, he managed to get a hit today instead of striking out embarrassingly four times. So that, that's something. But given how uh, dinged up this this lineup is, up and down the roster, uh I, I think having a little bit of extra time to rest and get treatment, and I'm making quotation marks in my fingers because I have no idea what that means. Uh, (laughs) I I hope this will give us a little more time to get people into shape and, and playing for batting in and out of the shadows. Dave, uh, I
1: mentioned Jason Worth, left last night's game with back tightness. Neither he or uh, Dusty Baker seemed to make a big deal out of it, but
0: (laughs) unfortunately for
1: Nats fans, that's a pattern that we all recognize at this point and assume the worst whenever something like this happens. They sat out of the game today. They said it was just out of an abundance of caution. Uh, 37 years old, back tightness this late in the season. Uh, Forgive me for bringing the doom on this one, but I just I just worry about the way that things work yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Whenever you hear any sort of injury concerns, it starts to worry me at this point.
2: Yeah, I don't think Dusty Baker has issued concerns about any of the injuries or had the match have had this year, so <laughs> I don't know that I'd be taking Dusty's word on it on any injury update. Um, <clears throat> look, we know that that teams obfuscate and hide injury. Uh we know that um, that very rarely when a team gives a, an injury update that it is accurate or, um, you know, a, a, a full uh, detailing of those injuries. So um, hopefully this is just the case of old man worth getting an extra day off here at the end of the season. Um, I'm, I'm going to choose to not read into anything more than it is, but, um, but then again, we don't know. You know, uh, um, this, this thing with, with, with Murphy's buttocks, um, you know, we were told this was a day-to-day thing. He pinch-hit in a couple of games. He didn't start, and now he's missed three weeks. So, um, you know, just all we have to, all we can do is take it um, as as it's given to us. Uh, obviously, and and Doghouse brought this up. Obviously, Harper uh, is still being bothered by his myriad injuries, and uh, he just you know he looked terrible today. Outside of that one hit that he got, um, he can't you know can't even square up a fastball. I mean, Wei and Chen. Um, was throwing 93 miles an hour fastballs past him today. So, um, yeah, the Nats are completely banged up. Uh, the last thing they need is, is one more of their starters uh, on the bench. But, um, but, but there you have it. And and now that there is nothing to play for tomorrow, we're going to see a complete spring training lineup. In fact, we're going to see a split squad spring training lineup tomorrow. So, uh, so none of these guys are going to play tomorrow either, um, making it a, a full. You know, just about a full week before before they play again. So you know, it's going to be real interesting to see um, the difference between the team that took the field today and the team that takes the field in, on game in game one on Friday.
1: Nothing to play for. Max Scherzer is going for his 20th win.
2: Dog has. Oh, I'm sorry. It's your
1: Windsor Dom.
2: <laughs> Thank you,
1: Mr. Offense. doghouse has Trey Turner uh, out there. Lead-off single to start the game, or start the bottom of the first inning at least, uh, left him 27 for 62, a 435 average in the first half out of the game, a 338 average, 358 OBP as a leadoff hitter so far this season in 65 games. Uh, He scored a run on a single that Dave mentioned. Bryce Harper drove him in. Homered in the fifth for the second run of the game, his 13th home run of the season. Uh, so he ends up scoring the only two runs the Nationals get in this 2-0 win. I don't think you can overstate at this point the uh, the importance and the difference that he's made since they added him to this lineup. Uh, we've joked about Mike Rizzo calling him a, cha- a difference maker or speed being game-changing, but he absolutely has changed the whole look of this Nationals lineup since he came up.
0: Yeah, speed. The speed is game-changing. So is the defense. So is the arm. Um, so is his sort of general baseball smarts, so is the contact ability, the strike zone knowledge, uh, the power. Let's see, what else do I have here? Turner's just remarkable. I mean, you think about the expectations, or not so much the expectations, but the hopes we had for Michael Taylor, say, last year and the beginning of this year. We're saying, okay, he's got some pop, he's fast, he seems like a good defender. If he could just put it together with the contact, he'd be fantastic. Now we basically have all we had ever hoped for from Michael A. Taylor and more in the form of Trey Turner. Plus he can also play infield if you want him to to sub for you in the in the middle. He's he's tremendous. You know, he, he's basically I was gonna say four man's Mike Trout. He's basically pin man's Mike Trout, I guess. Uh <laughs> he's he's extraordinary. Uh and given how banged up this lineup is and, and how uh, a lot of the regular starters have been struggling this year. Uh, I think he's really the spark plug uh, that, if, if there is any, that's going to carry this national team forward. He's remarkable. He's a delight to watch as a fan, uh, and I, I hope to be able to enjoy that for many seasons. Dave, uh, a small moment, but I think an important one and what ends up a
1: 2-1 win, Miguel Rojas. Walks to start the eighth inning. Uh, Sean Kelly on the mound at that point. They bring on Chip Jinsky to take over for him. Uh, Yesri Perez comes on to run for Rojas at first base. Tries to steal with Christian Yelich at the plate, and Pedro Severino just flat-out guns him down there. Uh, I just really liked what I saw from Pedro Severino today. Behind the plate, his arm, he's got a couple strong throws off. Almost got another caught stealing there on a close play that they actually looked at, and the Nationals review uh, challenge was unsuccessful, but really impressing me what he's done here. I looked it up. It's a very small sample size, but Jose Lobaton won for 15 against left-handers so far this season. What are the chances? I hope they do it. You think uh, Pedro Severino
2: starts behind the plate with Max Scherzer in game one against Clayton Kershaw on Friday? Well, I think it's possible. I think I think the num- Lobaton's numbers against left-handers um, are what they are. I, I think that they, they like uh, Severino's defense. Obviously, you know, the the scouting reports on him say that he's got good footwork, he's got a good arm, and, and he blocks balls well. Um, I know that the pitchers love throwing to Lobaton. He's a, he's a great pitch framer. Um, he's got Lobaton's got a decent arm. But it's not the arm of uh, Severino. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's possible. I, I think that um, that as far as the, the catching duties go, I, I think it's going to be a matchup thing. I think they're going to share duties, and um, I think it's entirely possible that Severino does start. Um, a game one, considering all all of the uh, um, the different factors that go into it. But but regardless of who's behind the plate, it's who's on the hill that's the more important part. And um, just really looking forward to that uh, to that matchup on on Friday.
1: I will note Dusty Baker was asked if it's going to be a platoon uh, the other day, and. His answer was simply maybe and then just left it to the reporter who asked it hanging there until someone asked another question. So he's not giving away anything as to what he's gonna do with the catching situation going forward with Wilson Ramos unavailable. But we haven't gotten this far without talking about the fact that Tanner Roark earned his sixteenth win today, doghouse. Pitcher wins are dumb. Thank you. 1-3 in 5 September starts with a 2.79 ERA, 196-299-324 line against in his last 29 innings pitch before today. Gave up three hits, three walks, one earned run in seven innings versus the Fish last time out, but late Jose Fernandez, that's tough to say, out him in that one. Uh, three scoreless on 64 today, four on 75, five on 86, leadoff walk in the sixth. Uh, scores on a two-out single, three hits, one earned run, 109 pitches in five and two-third, and he earns his 16th win of the season in the final start of the regular season for Tanner Roark. A career-high wins for him. Uh, really another solid outing there. He kind of slowed down a little bit at the end and gave up that walk that scored, but a solid night on, uh, day on the mound for
0: Tanner Roark in the nation's capital. Certainly. And, and as dumb as pitcher wins are, I, I think it's a it's a great milestone for Roark as uh, – you know, just as an individual, as a player, I, I think it's great for him to have that, to be able to point to his career and say, "Yeah, I I, I won 16 games one season." You know, maybe we'll see if he'll win 20 games some season eventually. So I, I think it's not entirely out of the question. But uh, again, I got to come back to, you know, I I've said this with Scherzer a couple of times. What was he doing staying out in the sixth inning so long? I know Roark is your horse, but come on, man, what are you saving the bullpen for? You got like 20 guys out there. Uh, this is not a must win game. Um, the, the Giants were, were well ahead at that point. Uh, why are you, you, you pushing your, your starters who you need to be fresh and relaxed and, most of all, not hurt so hard at the end of the season like this? Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying baby him, but, but really, it was, was it that critical that he needed to stay in that long in the sixth? I know it's dusty. I know this is Monday morning quarterbacking to a large extent, but come on, man. We we got him his 16th win. Uh, we we don't need to leave him out there to maybe fall out of that win or overextend himself and get the dead arm or or, or the Jake leg or who knows whatever. All. So you're, you're going to be pissed when
2: You're going to be pissed when sure. The is a complete game tomorrow. <laughs> Start writing of
1: uh, decisions that had me wondering, Dave. We were joking, uh, going back and forth on text with Doug House and our friend DC guy uh, during the game about bringing Mark Melanthan out for a four out save today. joking that he was a rental, so they're just going to beat him into the ground before they're finished with him, uh, assuming he leaves by a free agency and doesn't come back to the nation's capital. But he gets the job done, earns his 46th save of the season, uh, 16th with the Nationals, if I remember correctly. But a nice night by the bullpen out there. One hit between Trinan, Kelly, uh, Zabczynski, and Melanson on the night. uh, Three Ks between them, and they pull the Marlins off the board, get the save, and lock down the 94th win of the season. Are you surprised at how they are using Melanson there for the four-out save? Uh,
2: yeah, I think it's kind of silly. You know, If you have the idea that he can pitch a four-out save, great. One data point in game 161 shouldn't, shouldn't logically give you any more confidence in him doing that than not. Um but I think today it was telling that we saw how how Dusty planned on managing his bullpen uh in the playoffs, the way that the way that he used Triman and Zebchinski and Kelly. I mean, this is your A bullpen and, and he used it today as such. I mean he, he managed this game as if it were the first game of the playoffs. So I think that is an indication of how he's gonna use them. I just think it's silly that in game one sixty one that you would that you would risk uh, sending your closer out there to do anything other than what he normally do- has done in his previous 60 appearances in the season. That's going to be it
1: for today. 94 and 67 after the win. That's nightly sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. We have a 3.05 start tomorrow. Max Scherzer versus Tom Kohler in the regular season finale. And we'll all wait until Friday night, figure out when that game is, maybe during the day for game one of the NLDS. Talk to you guys after tomorrow's game. Maybe do a season wrap-up after that.
0: Go nuts.